So I'm Kevin, this is Kelly. You see a picture of our family up here. Um, we got three kiddos. We've been married 20 years, almost 21 years. And so we got Tanner, Avery, and Luke. And so like a lot of family pictures, you look up there and you see, okay, they're smiling and there's our wedding day. Um, but go, if you would, go back to the family picture real fast. It's only by the grace of God that that picture exists, that this, this family exists. And so uh, we'll go into our story uh, in here in a little bit. But um, grateful to God, we've been praying for you guys. Uh, most of you we've never met, but we've been praying faithfully for you guys and just that um, the stuff you bring into this room, we realize it can be heavy, it can be dark, but we're praying for healing and hope. When we walked through these doors about 13 years ago, uh, we needed hope and we found it here. And so we hope that you guys find that. But we've been praying for you. Uh, I never liked it when somebody would stand on a stage and read to me, but that's exactly what we're going to do. <laughs> So I think it'll go much better if we stick to the script. So uh, a little background. I grew up in a large family as the fourth of five children at a very loving and healthy home. We weren't without our problems and stressors, but uh, my parents did a great job of always putting faith and family first. So growing up, I would call our home a religious home, uh, which led me to believe in a very works-based type relationship with the Lord. And so for me personally, this led to a, an exhausting cycle of practicing my faith uh, by going through the motions and then messing up with all sorts of sin and struggles and then repenting and starting over. So it was this vicious cycle that continued really through college and graduate school. And I found myself uh, in unhealthy relationships and really just living solely for myself. And so then in 1999, God, I think, really started working on my heart and I started questioning, what do I believe? Why do I believe it? And started meeting with people uh, I was with a Bible study with some guys and just started kind of double-clicking on my faith. And so at that point, God was, I feel, in the process of changing my heart and calling me into a deeper relationship with Him. So, yeah, hi, everybody. Uh, thank you for having us here tonight. Um, so I grew up uh, here in Richardson, uh, the youngest in a family of four, with my parents divorcing when I was three due to my father being unfaithful after 22 years of marriage. I always said I grew up in a Christian home, but I really didn't understand what that truly meant at the time. My mom and I would go to church occasionally, but that was about it. I gave my life to Christ when I was 12, but I didn't grasp what that actually meant until I got to college. Uh, college was a great time of growing in my faith and living out what a, being a believer looks like. I was surrounded by godly women, and it became clear to me how much I loved getting to know who Christ was. Um, just what that meant, a personal relationship with him. Uh, I attended a Baptist church in Lubbock and was plugged into their student ministry, and it was an incredible time of growth in my life. I lived at home after college, started an internship, and quickly got connected into a women's Bible study uh, here in the Dallas area. And this was a very sweet time of life, learning who I was, how I grew up, what my fa family dynamics looked like, because my siblings were all way older than I was, and then living out my faith and beliefs in a very worldly city. Yeah, so Kelly and I met in uh, 1999 at work, and as I got to know her, I realized there was something different about her, and I was intrigued. So on our very first date, we prayed together before our meal, and that was a first for me. I'd never done that with a gal before. So we got engaged eight months later and then married eight months later after that. So we were both believers when we got married, but I had no idea what it meant to love and to lead Kelly well. Uh, early in our marriage, we went through sort of the fairly typical cycle, had a lot of fun together, bought our first home, had a lot of friends we'd hang out with. Uh, we helped start a church, which was uh, a lot of fun. We served there regularly. Then 
we began having children. And so I would have said at that time we had a great relationship, a great marriage. We didn't fight much. And so I thought we had um, a pretty healthy marriage. And so as Kevin mentioned, we met at work. My first perception was that he was a nice guy. He made me laugh, but his beliefs weren't aligned with mine. And so that was that. We worked together for about six months before we had our first date, which I didn't call it our first date at the time um, back then. But that night out, we talked about life, what we liked. Uh, we talked about our families. And it was a great date. And over time, I realized that he was a believer, learning to pursue Christ, and that he was seeking what that relationship looked like with some really good guy friends that he was in a Bible study with. And so we started hanging out more, we had a ton of fun together, and it quickly went from liking this guy to loving him, something I had never experienced in a dating relationship prior. And the, that cliche was true, truly different, that it really did feel different. And so while we dated and through our engagement and even early on in our marriage, we didn't have any fights or disagreements per se, but we also never talked about anything of true importance. We didn't talk about our struggles, our fears, or our expectations. I didn't know the first thing about what he had issues or struggles with, and I was very naive. We set no boundaries within our marriage, and I was extremely passive when it came to how I felt about things. Over time, things did get stale, but I just thought it was because we were busy, we had young kids, we both worked full-time, and that was just the way life was. Never once did I think we should talk about any of this. We just went through the motions, we isolated, and we did our own thing. And Kevin wasn't a horrible husband by any means. We had lost our second child through stillbirth when, um, when that second pregnancy, when we were five months pregnant, and it actually brought us really close together. And so as time marched ahead, though, we got stuck in a rut and had a really hard time connecting. And yeah, so that was about the seven-year mark in our marriage, and we kind of got stuck in the rut that I call the grind. And it kind of looked like this, wake up early, get the kids ready for daycare, drop them off, go to work. At the end of the day, we'd pick up the kids, eat dinner. One of us would clean the kitchen while the other one cleaned the kids, put them to bed. By that time, we were exhausted and usually went to bed disconnected only to wake up and do that same thing all over again. And so uh, that cycle would continue for uh, many years until about the end of 2007. So I probably would have said at that time that my relationship with God was okay. But in hindsight, I was incredibly distant from God. Uh, so much so that I didn't see the storm that was up ahead. And so around that same time, I'd begun a relationship with a gal at work, and the two of us started working out together in the mornings before work. And so this quickly developed into a deeper emotional connection. I found myself becoming uh, both excited about pursuing this person and being pursued by another woman. So as the connection grew deeper, I remember naively thinking that nothing would ever happen or could ever happen because I was married and so was she. After a few months, it did become physical. So the physical affair lasted a few months and then ended shortly before I left that job to return to school in May of 2008. I remember thinking that I would leave that secret behind and just move on. I got to get through school. I'll deal with that later. So I wrestled with it for several months, what to do with the sin that I had committed uh, and was hiding from Kelly. So it made me physically and emotionally sick. Uh, yet I continued to hide it from her. I wanted to tell her, but I was afraid that I would lose her and our children. It all came crashing down one evening with a phone call. Kelly received a call that night from the husband of the gal with whom I had the affair. He had just found out about the affair and called Kelly to tell her everything that he knew. So I wasn't home at the time, but Kelly quickly called me and told me the news she had just heard. So I then went home scared to death of the uncertainty that awaited me. 
And so as you can imagine, things just in our home life got much worse before they even got just a little bit better. And although I didn't mention the word divorce, I wasn't present emotionally or spiritually and even physically in our marriage. I dealt with trying to do it all on my own and I isolated big time. I wasn't home much, I didn't care to be home much, I drank too much to numb anything that I was feeling and spent time with other people who were definitely not spurring me on in a healthy way. I was angry and sad, yet I wanted desperately to forgive. I just didn't know what that looked like. I struggled with worldly emotions, yet wanted to be a good wife and a good mother. I could not shake the fact that this had happened to me, to us, and I was deeply hurt. Um, and we had started re-engaged at another church, but it, I, wasn't, I wasn't ready to walk through that, I think, re-engage at the time, but it also wasn't, it didn't look like it, it does here at Watermark. It wasn't very authentic. No one knew our story, and we never felt compelled to discuss it. The following March, after disclosure in July, we came here to re-engage at Watermark, and it was at that point that I felt like this was where the Lord wanted us. People were standing up sharing their stories of redemption and reconciliation, and I was overwhelmed with what I was hearing. I wanted that more than anything. And as we dug in, things were starting to improve. We had a lot to continue to work through, and although things weren't always great, re-engage did allow us to be ourselves and share in a safe environment. Also, it was through this, the, this process that Kevin began digging into God's word daily. I saw him change by what the Holy Spirit was doing in his life. He started leading us well, leading the kids well, and became more involved at home. This all allowed me to let down my guard and truly learn to begin to trust him again. Um, my thought process also began changing. So it didn't happen overnight. Things were still hard, and I was far from perfect. But as things began changing on his end, things on my end started changing as well. Again, it took me a really long time to work through my sin and the emotions that I was dealing with. I had to change how my relationship looked, and I needed to dig deeper and to get into God's word more and want to be invested in my marriage again. I learned what drawing the circle truly meant. I had also had to take ownership in our mess and figure out all over again how the Lord wanted me to be in our marriage, what my role of a wife was, which I had never, ever learned. Through the heartache of all that happened, Kevin's dad had passed away and my mom passed away within 15 months of each other, all during this time frame. And so this too was a huge part of still dealing with some pain. And to add this on top of everything else we were doing, it was just a really difficult season. I had to trust his ultimate plan. And so Deuteronomy 31.8, which really I think is my life verse, um, says, the Lord goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave or forsake you. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. So over the course of time, as we continue to work on our marriage, God completely changed my heart and changed our marriage. So it was a long and difficult road, and I remember our pastor at the time meeting with us and sharing a verse that soon became our anthem, which was Romans 8, 28, and he reminded me that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. And so I've had to work through a lot of shame and guilt associated with uh, my unfaithfulness, and even now if I let myself dwell on the past... Uh, I can get caught up in some of the negative thinking and the shame and the guilt will resurface. But most importantly now in my life, I've made Christ the most important thing. I love the lyrics to a popular Christian song. It says, I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about the way he loves us. So I've become a more fully devoted follower of Christ, and that has trickled down and affected every other part of my life. In particular, my marriage has changed. I realize now what it means to be a godly husband and how to love and lead Kelly well and our kids. I realize now how fortunate I am uh, to have a godly wife who loves me and was and is committed to our wedding vows. No longer are we living in isolation. 
uh, have a group of guys around me asking me those tough questions uh, and hold me to a higher standard. And so I've learned how to lead our kids better. Kelly and I spend time intentionally connecting with each other. We enjoy each other. We make time for date nights and actively pursue each other. Our marriage now is far from perfect, but it's better than it's ever been in, in really every way, spiritually, emotionally, and even physically. And so Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding, and all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Our marriage, as Kevin had mentioned, is in a place that I really never thought it would ever be. I would without a doubt marry Kevin all over again, even knowing what I know now. And please hear me say that you don't need to have an affair to experience God's grace, mercy, and forgiveness in your life. I wouldn't wish that pain or our story on anyone, but there is absolutely no doubt that this has changed our trajectory forever. Our kids' lives will forever be changed as well because of the, what the Lord is doing in each of our lives and our marriage. And even though only one of our kids know our story, um, it was a really um, eye-opening experience just to be able to sit down with him and tell him and for him to offer us that grace. Um, so anyway, I, my prayer for you, though, is whatever painful circumstances that you might be in, let the Lord grab a hold of your hearts and let him change you from within. Gary Thomas writes in his book, Sacred Influence, a good marriage doesn't happen by accident and a good marriage isn't maintained by accident. Both are the work of the Holy Spirit and the foundation of Jesus and his unchangeable truth in the life of two sinners who are married. Yes, yeah, so everybody loves a story, right? From when we were little, we loved stories, and especially if they were based on a true story. I think we were just drawn to stories, um, especially if there was a happy ending. And so you often hear people say, have you heard their story? And so for the longest time, I didn't want my story to be one of infidelity and brokenness. And it took me a while, it took me a long while, But I realized that that's not the story. That wasn't our story. Our story is one of redemption and healing. It tells what God can do in your life and in your marriage if you just let him. That's the story. So we don't know your story. We don't know what you come in here with, uh, what you're going through right now. But we do know that if you'll just choose to let God into your life, in your marriage, he can completely redeem it and take it to a place you never thought possible. He wants to do that anyway. It sounds cliche, but it's true. God is still very much in the business of changing lives and changing marriages, and that can be your story. So I think what I would want you to walk away uh, with tonight is to truly believe that Christ knows what you're going through. He understands your pain, he knows your heart, and he won't let you go. Isaiah 40 says, do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, eagles. They will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not be faint. I know many of you feel like that he's given up on you or your spouse, but I promise you that he hasn't. The people in this room and in your small groups or your, your groups that you, you're, you're in, they, um, they are for you. Unlike anybody, if you don't go here and you've never been a part of anything like that, these people are for you. There is no mistake that you walked into this room or you're in this room. There's no mistake that you're here tonight. So my prayer for you is to dig in, to pray, to be authentic, and to tell your story, because I promise you, you will not be disappointed. 
Yeah, and I think the picture that we showed at the beginning of our kids, when we went through our storm, we met with several people, counselors and therapists, and just the world actually told us to get a divorce. They said, that's grounds for a divorce. You guys should divorce. And so we think about how that would have changed the trajectory of our family and our kids. We had two kids at the time. Luke, our, um, our third child, came after the storm. And so uh, he has been such a blessing to us in our lives. And to think if we had listened to those people who said, hey, divorce, divorce is, is the way to go, uh, Luke wouldn't be here. And the other two would be growing up in a broken home, and who knows what their lives would be like. So again, we're not sure y'all's situation. We don't know what you come in here with. The circumstances may be different, uh, but I'm telling you, uh, if you guys make the decision to stay, go all in, allow God to do what he wants to do anyway, which is heal you and heal your marriage. Um, and it's, it's, um, it's a long, hard road, but it's absolutely worth it. And so he can redeem it and restore it. Uh, we're living proof. And so we're not perfect. We're far from it. But by the grace of God, we're serving in marriage ministry together. So thank you all for listening.